Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, we are back at it with our Sunday conversations with a good friend, Mr. Dan Berg, where we look at the stock market, look at the debt markets, look at charts. And the first thing I got to say is, damn, what the heck happened to the 10-year note? When I leave for Southeast Asia, it's anchored at three and a half. I come back, we're you know, over 4%. Housing is destroyed. Stock market's destroyed. What the heck's going on? Can, do you have any charts on the mortgage? Tenure? Mortgage rates over seven. Yeah, seven point one. The world is ending. Maybe you should stop leaving. <laughs> I know it's all my fault. It's all my fault. Uh, do you by chance have a chart on that? Oh, welcome, you know what? I need welcome to back, do? by the way. Oh, thank you. I need to actually. How do I? I I've actually forgot how to. I uh, I, I tried to keep this going while you were gone, doing solo monologues, but you did great. I watched a couple. the The internet was. Uh, not great while I where Body, I was at. Yeah, right. But um, I did watch a couple, and I got and I read all the comments. People were very pleased with what you do. They're asking you to keep the midweek updates going, which I would ask as well. Yeah, I, I probably will do that. Awesome. Um, you know, I just do it for yeah for fun for fun basically. Yeah, I know and everybody. Course, won't, you need, everyone you need won't to start your agree. own channel. Yeah, everyone won't agree, but that's fine. That's what yeah. makes a market. And, and one thing I do want to say right up front, I put this in my newsletter this week too. Um, I want to make it really clear that I am not here trying to predict where the yeah. market's going to go. I don't have a crystal ball. I am not into wizardry. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going to go. Nobody knows where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. If you listen to other people on YouTube and they, they're telling you they know where it's going to go, then you should be immediately <laughs> uh, reluctant to continue listening because no one knows. No one knows. So I'm not predicting. So if, if I say I think it's going up and it goes down, people can say, ah, oh, you were wrong. Yeah. That's fine. Dude, I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> That's no problem. I don't have yeah. any problem with that. Yeah. The most important thing in stock investing, where whether you're a trader or an investor, the number one most important thing is that you cannot want to be right. Yes. If you want to be right, if you want to prove to people that you're right, you will lose. Mm -hmm. I will guarantee that. Yeah. The worst thing you can do in trading is want to be right. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, because I've seen some of the comments is you have been doing the work that you share with us every week and hopefully twice a week for more than a decade. Right. And you put your money to work behind your analysis and your thoughts. This is right. not some game. This is not some click thing that you're trying to become some YouTube rock star. You're just a friend of mine who has an expertise in an area I don't have. And you're gracious enough to try to teach me or in our, if they go back and watch your playlist, we talked about you teaching me French, right? Cause right. you have skills that I don't have. So, and we're still doing that and I'm getting a little bit better but repetition helps. So yeah, again, you're not trying to predict you are sharing what you have been doing for more than a decade. And I think it's important to know that you're putting money to work, your personal money to work. And when you're wrong, you, you, you miss, but when you, I'm wrong, it up, I get you out. have stopped. 
Yeah, you have stops. That's right. the magic. That's what I, I failed with 20 years ago is I didn't have those I mean, tight stops. I mean, uh, good traders are are right, right, 50 or 60% of the time. Yeah, I would say 55, yeah. Roughly. Right. If you, if you have a doctor that's only right 50% of the time or a lawyer that only goes somewhere the, else. Right. You're going to go somewhere else. Right. Yeah, but that's, I that is a, but that's a successful trader. Yes. Being exactly. right. Only half the time. Mm -hmm. Another way to look at it. And um, <clears throat> by the way, I told you, I, I wrote a screenplay about Nicholas Darvis mm -hmm. who his book is in my book list on my, um, my newsletter. One of the things I put in there is if you flip a coin, what are the, if you flip a coin a hundred times, what are the chances? What do you think the odds are of those coin flips a hundred times? Well, it's supposed to be 50, 50, 50, 50, 50%. That's mm -hmm. the same thing with a successful stock trader, 50, yep. 50. But the important thing to understand, and this is statistics, and this is just the way things work. This is the way the world works. So you can apply this to anything. The, you you will get runs of successes. Yeah. You will get you will get heads over and over again for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. But when you do, you will also get the same number of runs of tails or yeah. losses. So if you start getting a run of winners, if you start being successful, then you should let your winners run, make the most that you can out of your winners. Mm -hmm. But all but don't let it go to your head. Don't yeah. think that you are brilliant or a genius or anything else because you will get those additional runs of losses. And are you trying to remind me of my success of turning seven grand into almost 200 only to get cocky, arrogant, and stupid, and then lose 80% of it? Thank you. That's a very pleasant memory on this Sunday morning. Well, you know, that's, that's what this is all about. That's, you know, that's part, that's part of it. And it's not just, it's really not just trading stocks. It's, oh, it's a, yeah. running a business. It's, it's life really. Totally agree. So, totally agree. So you don't, don't try to be right all the time. It's I agree. It's, no, the key is the, really the key of your, your framework is you're letting your winners run, but you're, you're having stops to protect the downside and you're right. right sizing your positions. These are all things right. that, I mean, of course I intellectually knew, but I didn't practice and you right. have helped me do that. So uh, yeah, position sizing is really important when, when the market is choppy or the markets, if the market's going down, you shouldn't be in it. Mm -hmm. But if it's choppy, like it's actually been the last few months, yeah. then make your position sizes smaller. Yeah. You know, your, yeah. your wins will be smaller, but so will your losses. And then when the yeah, market I mean, starts to again. Your, your strategy helped me just over the last, what, six months or so. I don't remember how long it's been. I got one tranche of JP Morgan when they crashed. I got two tranches of Facebook when they crashed. I got one sub 100 and one sub 90, I think. Right. Um, what else did I get? I got three tranches of Blackstone. So uh, I think that's it. I may have got one more of something, but yeah, you're helping me, you know. <laughs> Good. Just... So in the second session today, we'll we'll look at the um, dividend stocks that I introduced mm -hmm. while you were gone. Okay. And then and we'll also look at some individual because one of the subscribers asked me to look at one particular stock while I'm one with you this morning. All right. Well, let's we'll let's uh, second, let's get into the tenure second. first. Okay. Okay. Let me share my screen. Uh. Can you see that? Am I sharing? I, I see a Zoom window. Okay. There you go. All right, good. First off, this is uh, the S&P. This is how it ended on Friday. So what is the green arrow? Is that Thursday close or what is that? Is that Friday? This open? green arrow. This green arrow. So do you see the pink line across here? 
Oh, this I see is, it. Uh, this is the relative strength index. Oh, okay, okay. Good. During a bullish run, whenever there's a pullback mm -hmm. in a good bullish uptrend, a pullback usually won't go below the 40 on the RSI. Okay. So as I said, back in October, that was the low. We had a higher low. We've now, I think, put in another higher low. Yeah. But notice where the RSI went down to 40 right here and then bounced back up. It went to 40 here again, and now it's bouncing again. Yeah, the other thing I thought was interesting is CNBC all afternoon, so post-market close, all afternoon my time, post-market close, was talking about the market bouncing off the 200-day. Mm -hmm. I assume that's the gray dash here? The gray dash line, and I've, I've said that the last couple of weeks. Yeah. When we were coming down here, I said we're going to probably go to the 200 day. That that was all, I actually did that on the channel while you were out. Oh, cool. I said that a I couple of times. That. that I think I think we're going to the 200 day, and then then we'll see if that becomes support. Mm -hmm. I think that it will, but it doesn't mean it has to. I mean, it could drop right. through it, but but it's a it's a key it's a key uh, inflection point basically. Yep. Yeah. So it it did bounce off of it and had a really nice run for two days. Yeah, the, the the macro thing, I obviously you probably know this, but one thing happened, I think it was Thursday afternoon while the market was open, Fed President Bostick yeah. basically came out and said, hey, I'm cool with 25 because right. the market was starting to lean in thinking a half was coming. Right. And uh, so I think he kind of uh, decompressed. The yeah, I think um, I think the Fed will have a problem if they go 50. Oh, they can't. They could talk tough. They could do all those things. Right. I've told my audience, I believe. They're going to Bernanke us to death from here. They're going to give us a quarter and then a quarter right. and right. maybe a third quarter, but I'd see two or three in my book. Yeah. Uh, I they're agree. going to talk tough, uh, but there's no chance of a half. I don't, I mean, I want them to do a half rip the bandaid off as I've said for nine months, get us a terminal rate, be done, but it's not coming. It's not coming. No. Um, look at the accumulation distribution line. Oh my goodness. When did that start? Right back Little, here, at this last uh, higher, this last higher low right here. So that was, oh, that was in January. Yep. Okay, I'm just trying yeah. to get my. Yep, dates. January. Really, really December is when it started. Mm. But January is when it really took off. Okay. And it's just continuing higher. I mean, that's that's accumulation. And again, what this tells the novice folks is Wall Street is aggressive. That's Buy. right. Big institutions buying. Are, are buying buying when all of the retail traders are selling. Now, it doesn't say what they're buying. It just no. says they are buying. Correct. Okay. I mean, there's other ways to determine what they're buying. But right. But this chart, this chart doesn't say that. Okay. No. This just tells you that the that the big institutions are accumulating. Okay. In fact, they're, they're accumulating e even during the sell-off, this recent sell-off from the beginning of February. Mm -hmm. Right? Accumulation distribution keep, kept going up. Yeah. So big right. institutions are buying while retail investors are getting out because they're listening to the talking heads that are saying the market's going to 3,000. Yeah, there's a lot of talk of 3,100. A lot of talk. A lot that. of talk yeah. of 31, 32. I mean, yeah. 32 is, is a viable support level. Yeah, it's, it's a Fibonacci. The last, or probably the last one. Yeah, it's a major Fibonacci level. Yeah. It's probably the last one. If it does go down to there, then 3,200 is probably where it's going to stop. Yeah. But everyone seems to be talking about that lately. 3,000, 3,100, 3,200. Yeah, it, it really started last Tuesday or Wednesday. 
I started hearing 3,200, 3,100 a lot. Right. It was, it was, um, very few folks were talking about it two months ago, like one in a one in 50. Now it appears to be like three in 10. There's just a lot of talking heads saying we got to go there. I I don't know if you heard all in podcasts are actually talking about earnings quality. It Mm -hmm. wasn't great. Uh, this quarter that while I think it was 68 or 71% beat, which, um, is below trend, but still better than expected. But the quality of the earnings weren't, weren't great. You know, accounting, some accounting shenanigans. Right. So, you know, that earnings recession may be around the corner. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Okay. Maybe. Um, we'll see. I still think it, I think we're still going to have a soft landing or, ah, or okay. let me put it a different way. Let me, because I said this way, way back early mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. when I talked about the secular bull market. Which I've talked about many times. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a secular bull market. They usually last 18 to 20 years. This mm-hmm. one started in 2013 officially and maybe 2009 if you want to start from the bottom. So that takes us to 2029 or 2033, somewhere in that area. Yeah. Makes sense. What usually, and that doesn't mean there won't be recessions, and it does not mean that there won't be bear markets. Right. Well, there right. are bear markets inside of secular bull markets. And there are recessions, but recessions in secular bull markets are typically short and shallow. Okay. So I think we will have a recession. I don't think it will last very long. Oh, the uh, I'll I'll go one step further. I guarantee you we'll have a recession. I won't tell you when it's coming. Recessions right. are natural parts of the business cycle. Could That's we right. have one this year? Sure. Could we have one next year? Sure. Could it be the year after? Sure. We will it have might, one. It might actually be a good thing for the stock market. Oh, I think it would be a great thing. I think we've got to get through the pain. I, yeah, I we got to get to the terminal rate. We got to have a little pain. Yeah, all that stuff. So, uh, before we talk about the um, tenure, mm-hmm. just in case anybody that isn't already on my news newsletter, if you'd like to join, just send me an email to breakpointtrading at gmail.com. and I'll send you last week's newsletter and add you to the list. Every week I put in, you know, what happened last week for the calendar and what's coming up next week. Yeah, that's non-foam payrolls on Friday. Sorry. That's a monster number. Yeah, I thought it was going to be this Friday because in February it was. February it was on the 3rd, and I thought it was the 3rd this month, but it's not. It's next week. Yeah, and I think all four weeks of February – the weekly unemployment claims, like last week, disappointed to the downside. And it's it's interesting. You have the forecast at 200. What I've seen is two and a quarter. It mm-hmm. probably doesn't matter which one. Well, it'll you probably any, change. It'll change. You have any, yeah. You have any thoughts on, uh, you th- do you think we get a revision to the 517? Do you think we come in strong again? I think we'll come in. I think we'll come in stronger than expectations. I think we'll get a downward revision on the five seventeen. And I think if that happens, I think it's net okay. I think if we don't have a downward revision and we come in hot, that could be a problem. Right. Yeah, it could be. Um, So that that's something that the Fed will be looking at. Um, But again, if it if it comes in, you know, at two hundred or slightly above two hundred. Mm-hmm. It's confirming that the economy is still strong, although oh yeah, payrolls is the last. It's a lagging, yeah, it's very, lag. very much lagging indicator. Agreed. We've talked about that many times. Um, yep. Looking at this, this is from uh, Lizanne Saunders from Schwab. Mm, yeah, I like her. 
these these are the these are the dominoes that need to fall before a recession happens. Mm -hmm. So you can see the only two that are green still is the earnings recession, mm -hmm. and then NBER actually declaring a recession. Right. And a friend of mine sent me an article that essentially, just to paraphrase it, essentially said the bear market does not end until the recession starts. Yeah. And my my point, my response to him was, well, you don't know the recession has started until seven months, at least seven months after. So so that's not really very helpful. Right. Saying a bear market doesn't end until <laughs> recession starts. It doesn't really help you because yeah. you're not going to know that for seven months. I mean, the 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 COVID recession, you know how long it took them to call that recession? I actually think that was relatively quick, and I still think it was like five months. 14 months. 14 months to call the COVID recession. It took oh them 14 God. months to tell us that there was a recession in 2020. <laughs> so by the, time, by the time you know officially that there's a recession, yeah. the bear market it will be long over, and the market oh. the stock market will be well on its way to a new high. Oh, the market will be up 20, 25, 30%. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, so this is what this is what I had in my newsletter. I put in a little puzzle mm -hmm. and I understand you figured it out. Well, I called it and I got it right. I was I was 70% certain, but I did get it right. Right. So this, I put this this is the uh long-term weekly chart. Very bullish chart. Look at that. <laughs> Very bullish chart. Very Except bullish. when you realize it's, I mean, it's the cost of debt. <laughs> well, Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. Don't don't don't, don't tell don't the, give them don't the tell the answer to folks that haven't seen my newsletter. I'm sorry. <laughs> so if you just look at this chart and you know try to figure out what what um, ticker symbol it is, I mean you might say Tesla, right? You might say Netflix. You might say you know. Yeah, you, you might say S and P. You might say yeah. I mean it just keeps going up. The next one is the the daily. Here's the daily chart. Look at that; it's all green. Yeah. How bullish is that? This is an incredibly bullish chart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're 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 killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah, it's the ten-year treasury. Ten-year yeah. treasury. So, yeah, so I did I didn't remember that the 10 years peaked at four three. Yeah, four four three. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it got to four one, I think Wednesday, Thursday, and then it had a big sell-off Friday after Bostic spoke. Yeah. We're now yeah, sub was, four. Yeah, there was a sell-off. That's why I said it uh it may come down some before it keeps going up. Um, but I mean it's done that before it look at look how it's adhering. I use the um the August low right okay. here. As the bottom part of the Fibonacci, and then the the recent high up here is the top part, and you can see how it's kind of adhering to both the Fibonacci as well as the moving average. Mm -hmm. Yep. Every every time it hits down here, it goes back up. This is a what very is the chart. what is the pink dashes? What is that weekly or what is that? Uh, this is, let's see, this is a twenty one day and a fifty day. Okay, twenty. I think I think that's a no. This might be a two hundred day. This might be the fifty day. Okay, the pink right. one. 
Um, but you know, it's it looks like it wants to go back to this hundred percent level, four point three. Hmm. But if it breaks through that, yeah, the next Fibonacci level is right here, which is five what? point five point four five. Oh. Yeah, five. So a five, four, ten year. Again, what would that mean minimum for thirty year money? So minimum one point eight on top of that would be seven two. Maximum that would be two five. So that would be seven nine. Mm -hmm. So call it eight. Right. Ugh. Yuck. But you know, a t a peak of eight certainly sucks. But it's not nine or ten. I have some people on my channel telling me that. Mortgage rates are going to 10%. And I'm like, how are we going to get there? But yeah. So, so what you're showing me is uh, what I think you're telling me is eight's possible. That's what I hear you saying. For mortgage rates. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've had a mortgage rate of 12 in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what was interesting, by the way, for those that have lived through that period of 12% mortgage rates, yep. which I did, um, by the way, the, it was my first money, no money down deal. Yeah, I like real it. estate. Creative yeah. financing. What year was that? If you don't mind sharing. That was in, that was in 1989. Okay. And I refinanced my wife's house when we first started dating. Hmm. That was my first no money down deal. Nice. It was her house, but mm -hmm. I just moved in with her. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But we had a 12% rate. So so interestingly, what was happening then was a lot of um, refinancing, very quick refinancing. So mm -hmm. rates were at 12 and higher, but they, but they started coming down. Yep. So as they came down, probably every two years, we were refinancing. Sure. Came down to 10, they came down to eight, You know, went down to seven. Every time the rates would drop, we'd refinance. Yeah, the rule of thumb for a long time is if rates go down 2%, you refi. Right. Yeah. We were doing that every couple of years, refinancing. Yeah. And so the other thing I wanted to ask you in episode number one, just catching up on the last month. So not only was the 10 year anchored at three, five, and then spiked to four, one while I was gone. Um, you had long called 4,100 on the S and P. Right. And it seems again, I didn't check every day. Cause again, we were in another part of the world, but we kind of pivoted around 4,100 the whole month I was gone. Is that a fair memory yeah well 4100 is right here so yes it, it went above 41 it got to 42 in the beginning of february so that's right about when you left right about when i left late january yeah okay so yeah so it went up it went above 41 it got to 42 and then it reversed came back to 41 and then dropped through 41 went down to 39.50 and i was saying when i said it was coming back to the uh 200 day i said it would probably be around 39.40 okay and let's see what the low was. The low was 39.28. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'll and call that a win. And that's where it bounced. <clears throat> and now we're heading higher. And you can see the channel that it's in right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, I think early next week, we're probably going to retrace some of this because markets never go straight up. Yeah. Right. And then so, the other thing I wanted to ask you again, just trying to level set, because we do this weekly, but you and I haven't talked in five weeks. So we talked about the 10-year. We talked about the S&P. Now, obviously, the S&P 500 is 500 best companies. But have we seen any, um, like, out of discretionary, into staples, out of tech? I mean, because, again, you could the S&P could not move, but 
you know, some segments could be whacked? <clears throat> Good question. So these are the sectors. This is Friday. So you can see the three aggressive sectors, growth sectors, communications, which is where Facebook is and all the internet stocks, technology, yep. which is where semiconductors and software is, and consumer discretionary. <clears throat> oh, that, that reminds me. The other thing I bought, I knew there was another stock I bought because of you. I bought Snap, and I've been trying to buy round two and round three of that, but my my prices aren't getting hit yet. Well, the next sec section, we're going to look at some individual stocks. So we'll look at some of yours and one of the okay. one of the viewers actually so asked me to look at one. This is here. Friday, right? Not could you? This look is at this Friday, so month? let's go back. Let's go back a can week. You, can you do just do the month? Well, actually, I guess weeks first. Yeah, so we. Uh, materials and industrials were leading, but here's the S&P. So you want to key in on the Anchor s on that. Yeah. Right. Because right, everything right. above it means it's outperformed. Correct. So technology, energy, energy is making a comeback, by the way. Okay. Interesting. Um, and communication services outperformed. Discretionary was slightly underperforming. Okay. <clears throat> then if we go back a month. Yeah, just do a month. Now you got the S&P here. So now you've got so energy outperforming. Materials, industrials, technology still. Interesting. Consumer staples. So this, it was quite a mix. And that kind of tells you that the market was choppy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it went up to 4,200 and went back down below 4,100. Now it's starting to come back up again. This kind of, this basically here kind of reflects this. Right. Right through here. Okay. Just bouncing, basically bouncing in this channel up and down. Yeah. All right. So we, cool. we we will very likely go back up to 4,200 or somewhere in the top of this channel, 4,250, mm. before we start coming down. And 4,300 is a major, major resistance level. That's so the next on this major level the, we have to get through. So, I mean, I kind of round this out because we, we do have a hard, both of us have a hard stop in about 30 minutes. Right. What, uh, you know, where, where does the 3,200 call come from? Is that a Fibonacci level that you could point at for some folks and- it what is it, it is a Fibonacci level. Um, I didn't have it up, but I think I could find it. Yeah, because I, I and again, I, I think I said this earlier, but over the last three, like since Wednesday, the amount of chatter I've heard about 3,200 has gone up 10x. Right. Okay. So the 60, this is, this is uh, the distance between the COVID low in 2020 is the bottom of this. And the top of this is the high in right. December okay. of 21. All right. So then, okay, got it. So that's, that's, those are the anchors for this Fibonacci. So the 50 is 30. This is a long-term, this is a weekly chart. So it's a long-term chart. Yep. So 50% uh, is at 3,500. You can see the low was 3,491. Got right it. Right there. Right. Um, I, the, the blue lines are the, are the quadrants. So it right. basically divides the high and the low into quadrants. And you can see the 50% Fibonacci and the exact middle of that quadrant between the low and the high was at 3,500. Okay. Got That's it. where it bounced in October. Seven out of the last 14 bear markets ended in October. Hmm. For a bear market to end right there. The next Fibonacci level below that is the 62% level, which is a very important Fibonacci level. And that's at 3,205. And that's why everyone okay. says 3,200. Got it. Because that's a really important Fibonacci level. And if, if, Thank you for that. if there's something that happens, let's say China invades Taiwan. Yep. Because that's the next possible, um, you know, exogenous event. Yeah. Then, then we could easily get down to 3,200. 
Well, I mean, it could be lots of things. We could get a, a 700,000 job creation on Friday. We could get a CPI that pops up instead of down. There could be a lot of things. It doesn't I, have to I be actually, a war. I actually don't think those things will send it to 3,200. Really? Okay. No. Because so if, you, we get a think, if we get a 700 on the, in the jobs number, it means the, the economy is strong. I, I don't think the Fed is going to be overly aggressive. Maybe they go to 50. I still don't think oh. they will. Oh, um, I mean, if we get, if we get it, let's be very clear. So there's two numbers that come out before the Fed meeting, I believe. We get a jobs number on Friday, and I think the next CPI reading is pre-Fed meeting. If that um, came yes, in, it is. If that came in hot, they would. I'm not that I'm calling this. I'm just trying to paint a vision where the. Basically, I'm trying to paint a vision where the Fed has to rug pull the market. I think it would have to be a 700,000 job creation in February, an upper revision to January, wage inflation going up. And CPI headline and CPI core going up. Not that I'm calling yeah, if, any of those, but if those happen. If all, if all of those things happen, then yes, they probably would go to 50. Um, CPI is on the 14th. Okay. Fed rate hike is on the 16th. Yeah. So. Uh, and then options ex expiration is on the 17th. It's We're right be here. Important couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is from uh, Stock Traders Almanac. But. Going back over here for a second. So that, that's where the 3,200 comes from. Thank you. Um, I think this is the one I wanted to show on the 10 year. So this is the 10 minus the two. Yeah, this look is at that. In, inversion Largest of, gap that I remember. Inversion I think there was of the a larger curve. gap in 81, but I don't remember what yeah. those numbers were. Well, my these charts only go back 21 years. So you can see the one before the 2008. I actually highlighted the recessions. It's also important to understand that the yield curve gets back to normal, back above zero, before a recession happens. Oh, great. Happened right here, six to nine months. Happened back here in 2008, six to nine months. So when, when I was seeing the talking head saying, you know, the yield curve is telling you there's a recession coming, I don't disagree with that. It's yeah, been very just, reliable in calling mm -hmm. recessions. Their timing is off. But they, what they don't tell you is that the recession doesn't happen until after the yield curve gets back above zero. So again, just playing this out six to nine months, basically what this chart is saying is the recession that's being called for, the, the great, you know, the recession that's been predicted isn't happening till 2024. That's what this that's means. That's probably right. Probably beginning of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this yield curve, you know, and what, what would make the yield curve get back to zero? I, I'll give you a hint. Okay. This pink line right here, mm -hmm. this is the Fed funds rate. Mm -hmm. Notice how the Fed was raising, 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 raising. Mm -hmm. And notice the yield curve was oh. dropping, 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 dropping. So they just, they got a plateau. They got a pause. So plateaued and then started coming down mm -hmm. before the yield curve went above zero. Yeah, they're not cutting this year. Right. And the same thing back here in 2008. Here's the, the funds rate, was which was higher than it is now. It's five and a quarter is what it got to. Okay. Then they then they leveled, it plateaued. Mm -hmm. The, the uh, yield curve was below zero. Mm -hmm. Yield curve went back above zero right here when the Fed started cutting. Yeah. In both of those cases, the Fed starts cutting, the yield, go, yield curve goes above zero, and then a recession happens. I the totally Fed starts it. cutting, 
yield curve goes above zero, and then a recession happens. Yep. So keep those things in mind. That's that's a, this is another reason you know a strong jobs number, um, GDP is hanging in there. Mm-hmm. The economy, yeah. the economy in general is pretty strong. So yeah. yes, the Fed would like it to slow down. Fed, the Fed would like to see inflation coming down, and uh, yeah, here we go. This is this is the chart. We'll we'll go over this chart next week in more detail. But this is my inflation chart, mm-hmm. and you can see already the the rate from the last report. So if we move this blue box over. The last report was based on this blue box right here. We move this over. Now that's February. Right. Okay. So from the end of January, the CRB came down, even though it's starting to go back up again, but we're in March now. Right. Right. Move this over like right there. There's February. Okay. Gasoline, though, kept going up. Gasoline's higher. Mm. Oil is lower and lumber is lower. So most everything is slightly lower than it was. Yeah, but gasoline is the thing that hits the CPI the fastest. Lumber doesn't hit yes. the CPI right. very quickly. Right. Yeah, so gasoline's going up, so that will have an effect. But even more importantly is this one. Yeah, the base effect. I've been trying to tell people what's coming. Yeah. Look at this base effect. So two things happened on the last report. It came in lower, but not uh, lower than um, forecast. Right. Came in higher right. than forecast, but lower than the previous month. Just a tick. Yes. Right here. You can see it right here. Went from 6.5 to 6.4. They were expecting 6.2. All right. Yep. However, what wasn't really talked about on CNBC and what one of your listeners pointed out mm-hmm. is that they revised how they calculate the CPI. They did. They took it from two years to one year. Correct. That's right. And that was, and the first time that that was reported was the last CPI number. So that they were expecting it to go up for that reason. And it did, even though it went down, it it didn't hit forecast, but look what happens in the next one. Even with those, all of those other things, you know, everything except for gasoline is lower. Right. Mm -hmm. But look, look at the base effect. Look at this huge, this huge, yeah, amount I right agree. here that's going that's going to drop off in the next one. It is. Yeah. This big this big one right here from 7.9 to 8.5, that's going to disappear in the next one. Yeah. And that's going to cause the CPI to come down. I think it'll be below 6. Whoa, come on. Yeah. He- so you're talking headline or core? This is headline, I guess. Headline. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Below six, like five something. Like five nine. Yeah. I'll take the over. All right. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I love it. And if and if that happens, even with a good uh jobs number, and I I, I don't think the jobs number will be anywhere close to what it was last month. Oh, it can't. Yeah. I would, I, yeah. I'm I'm a little skeptical about last month's job number coming in just before the state of yeah. the union address. You and me both. You and me both. Um, so I don't think it's gonna come in that strong. I think it might be stronger than forecast. They'll have a down yeah, yeah, I think that's funny. You and I agree. I think it's very rare, actually. People go back and watch our playlist. You and I don't agree on the macro economy very often, but I do. I think the same thing. A January revision slightly down, a strong number, but not a barn burner. And I think CPI comes down. I was thinking six or six one. I mean, a five nine 
that changes the game. Then yeah. the Fed says we're winning. The trend is back at it. The base. So let me ask you this. Real. Let me ask you this. Let me ask sure. you this. What if what if the last one had come in as forecast at six point two? Then do you think five nine would have been possible? Yes. So the reason it didn't come in at six two is because they changed the calculation. I understand. I did the math actually. Yeah. Right. I understand twenty four verse twelve. Yeah. Right. So I think this time it will. Yeah. Think, think of it, I, think uh, of it as going from six two to five nine instead of six four to five nine. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a five. I think a five nine markets rip. Markets just rip. Yeah. I agree. I think. I think. Um, I'm not calling week, five nine just so we're clear. <laughs> but I. But I, if I it happens. No, I understand. The next week, you can see here. This is from Stock Traders Almanac. The next week. But in the middle of the week is a big downtrend. This goes back to 1950. Mm. But after yeah. that, after that, and going into that week of the CPI report, the Fed yeah. rate hike, yeah. it just it just takes off. And I think, and the, the dotted lines up here are for a um, for a pre-election year, which is what we're in which, right now. Pre-election years usually in. are very strong for the market. Right. Okay. Well, you know what? We've only got 20 minutes. Show your newsletter one more time, and then we'll go look at individual stocks. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone would like to join breakpointtrading at gmail.com. Uh, I talk about a lot of the stuff we talked about here and more on there. And I've got a Thank book you. reading suggestion list and a bunch of a bunch of chart uh, links that you can keep. Very so just cool. send me a note, and I'll add you to it. And that, Thank you, and the next. The next one will be quick. We're just going to look at the uh, dividend stocks and some individual stocks. Wonderful. Thanks, bud.